What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today with my buddy, Andy Storch. You know, look, I was on his podcast the other day and we had a great time and we had to come bring him on here to find out what he's made of. So glad you could be with us today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the support of the What Are You Made Of movement podcast and the book back here, Rocket Fuel, Become Unstoppable by Converting Setbacks into Rocket Fuel for Your Future. Just so, you know, very super grateful for the support that you guys have given me. And I can't thank you enough. And we're just getting started with the things we're getting into. So thank you for being here. And Andy, thank you for being here. Mike, thank you so much for having me on, man. I am so pumped for this and to have this discussion. It's, it's going to be awesome. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit more time to think about what you're made of because I'm going to introduce you here. Uh, Andy is an author, consultant, coach, speaker, and facilitator specializing in helping clients turn strategy into action and people doing the best work of their lives. Andy's purpose is to love and support his family and impact the world by inspiring people to stop drifting, take control, and live life with intention. Man, we all, all of us could use that because we all drift at times, some more than others. Andy is also the host of two podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and Andy Stort Show, and the co-founder of the host of the Talent, to Develop, the Talent Development Think Tank Conference and Community. He's also the author of the book, which I just received, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It was just published last year. He's done work for big names. I mean, Oracle, Google, Box, Toyota. I mean, you name it. And I'm excited to have him here. Andy, what are you made of? Mike, I was thinking about this and I really am, you know, there's a lot of things, but at the core of it, I'm made of love. I'm made of connection for others. I'm made of curiosity for life and everything that is out there and what can be done. And I'm made of ambition and adventure because my whole mission is to get the most out of life and inspire others to do the same. And it all comes back to my love for my family, for my friends, for you, for other people, and for the world, uh, and helping to make the world a better place. Love it, man. Great answer. Great answer. So now let me dig a little bit. So what was it like growing up for you? And you know, did you grow up in Florida? I know you went to Gainesville, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. University of Florida. Yeah, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, born and raised. You know, I had, a, I think, a pretty fairly normal, uh, whatever that means, right? Childhood. My parents were teachers. So, you know, kind of lower middle class, but we had things that we need, needed. My parents got divorced when I was eight years old. And um, my dad moved about 20, 30 minutes away. I still saw him once or twice a week. We had a great relationship. I went back and forth. My mom was, was great at taking care of me, but she was a she worked a lot. She was a high school principal, so she wasn't around very much. So I think she taught me, and I also learned very early to be very independent and kind of do things on my own. And I think that has been an asset to me in many ways to go out and do stuff, but detrimental in others where I've been, it's been hard for me to ask people for help. And early on, I think in my life, hard for me to make connections. And um, I realized later in life that even though 
you know, my dad was a great dad and he was around that I think that divorce still had a profound impact on me in many ways as, as it, well, I know you grew up, you know, your childhood was different, Mike, but I know your parents got divorced as well. And those things have impact us, on, on us as kids. And um, so I've realized that I've done a lot of self-reflection later in life and a lot of work, deep work through personal development workshops and things like that, that that did have a big impact on me. But, you know, still a great childhood, followed my dream to go to the University of Florida. It was where my dad went to school. It was the only place I wanted to go. I was a huge Gator fan growing up. And I went to school there where I met my wife, Courtney. And after college, after we graduated, we left Florida, we moved to California. And we both got grad degrees at the University of Southern California in LA. We lived there for a while. We lived in San Francisco for a few years. And then we moved back to Florida a few years ago to be closer to family. So we're back in Orlando, married with two kids, as you know, and uh, it's been a good life. So, so how many years have you been married? Been married for 17 years. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm hitting 18 this, this weekend. So right on. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? We it's came from divorced crazy. families and, and we've been able to figure it out on, you know, on our own, our way. So yeah, keep it together. Yeah. Congrats, I know. Man. And there's Congrats. been a lot of challenges, ups and downs, but I'm proud that we have kept it together and we're there for each other. My wife is my best friend. I discuss, we discuss everything we do, you know, business decisions, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm so grateful for her and everything we've been through. Yeah, yeah. What's your wife do for for uh, work? My wife Courtney is a she's a former journalist. She's a documentary uh, producer, so she produced a documentary last year with my father in law, who's also a producer about sea turtles and the the health of our oceans. They're working on one now about plastics in the environment, and uh, she's also a coach, NLP certified coach. She's a a um, hypnotherapist and works with people to help them overcome addictions and all kinds of crazy things. So she's awesome. really, really talented. Awesome, man. You know, I, I, what I love about you guys is the impact that you're making and yep. not just making, but also have plans for here in the future beyond what you've done so far. So I love that, man. And, you know, one thing, what's the thing about, you know, I was going to ask you a question. I already I lost the train of thought. I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me. What? No, I know what I wanted to ask you. As you were growing up, when did you realize you wanted to be a coach, consultant, speaker, what you do now? Like, what did you go into the business world first and then have well, a career and then decide to do this? Or I had a really meandering path to where I, where I am now. And that's part of what I write about in the book and why I want to help inspire other people to, to get a little more, clear, more clarity and, and also build their network and other things along the way. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, right after college, I discovered entrepreneurship, which I had not been exposed to at all as a child. As I mentioned, my parents were teachers, they were educators. I don't think I knew any entrepreneurs growing up, but I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad after college. I don't know how that came across, you know, how I got to it by Robert Kiyosaki. And I decided I wanted to try to, yeah, that's right. And I decided I wanted to get into entrepreneurship. And so when we moved to LA, I got into a couple of startups. I started some companies, nothing worked out and we needed money. So I got into the corporate world, ended up working in insurance and moving up and got my MBA and got lucky and got into consulting. Um, Just happened to be, uh, that's why I'm so big on networking. I just got lucky. I reached out to a friend uh, who had worked in sales most of his career because I thought I wanted to get into sales. And asked him for advice. And he had just gotten a job at this really cool uh, consulting company called BTS. And he said, Hey, you should come check this out. He got me an interview. He helped me prep for it because it was this really intense case interview where we had to present strategy and finance on a fictitious company. They flew me up to San Francisco and I nailed the interview and they hired me. And it was like a dream job that I never knew existed because I had this desire to be up and on stage in front of people. I didn't know how to do it. And this allowed me to go start facilitating workshops for managers, executives all over the world. And it was really a phenomenal opportunity, great company, great culture. And so I learned a lot about consulting, working with different companies. Also learned that I, I really moved towards, you know, if you follow like Tony Robbins, he talks about the six human needs and 
the the move from stability to variety. Like I'm more geared towards the variety. So I want to work on different things every day. And in my insurance career, I'd been like, it was like sit at your desk and do the same thing every day. And I was bored yeah. out of my mind, right? I hated it. Yeah. So to get into something like that would fit me and my strengths so much more. And then in 2016, I started getting really into personal development and doing a lot more self-reflection and realized I, I still had a strong call to entrepreneurship. And that's where I started listening to podcasts like yours and others and, and just trying to find out everything I could to grow, to become an entrepreneur, grow a personal brand. And I started my first podcast in 2016, then 2017 started my second podcast started getting into coaching a little bit, got certified because I thought I wanted to be a full-time coach. And then I realized I am more suited to you know, facilitating workshops, doing group discussions, things like that. Uh, and so I moved away from the one-on-one coaching. I still do a little bit of that, but more I'm into running communities and workshops and, and coaching programs for you know, more people. And so now I run a membership community. I'm launching another one soon. And I just love the aspect of connecting people and bringing people together. It's something that I thrive on. And I think brings a lot of value to those in my network. Yeah. You know, I, I'm with you on the variety thing. Um, you know, I was in the mortgage industry. I still run a division, but hmm. I used to originate and man, it, yeah, it was just the same thing. It felt like, I mean, you know, you'd be dealing with different customers and different scenarios, but still it just yeah. felt to me like same thing over and over again. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I had to get it. My mind was just not stimulated enough. Yeah. Some I call people love not, that, right? Some people yeah. crave yeah. stability and yeah. they want to know what's coming each day. You and I are not necessarily like that. Well, I also called it not playing a big enough game. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I needed I needed to go big. Like, you know, when you're doing loans or you're in insurance, it's one thing at a time, one, one, one. I want to do multiples. Like I want to see what I can do to make an impact that a whole bunch of people feel from one move. Yeah. And do it over and over again. So yeah, I feel you on that hundred percent. What was your what was your first experience with uh personal development and who was your like first not necessarily mentor that you actually talked to, but maybe that you immersed yeah. yourself in? Yeah. So for me, it was, it was very clear. Uh, it was Hal Elrod who wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. I was listening to a podcast about real estate investing in January 2016, and they had him on for whatever reason. One of the hosts was a big fan of his and the book. And I listened to it, and I knew I needed to get that book right away. And I'd never done any type of personal development before. And I bought the book, and I read it, and I immediately started practicing The Miracle Morning. And for those not familiar, he, he uses something called The Savers. So Basically, you put together like the the top routines of all the most successful people into one routine, and it involves meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and and journaling every day. I started doing that every morning, and it really was like it was the rocket fuel that my life was waiting for. I didn't know what was missing in my life. I knew something was missing. I mean, on paper, I was doing very well. I was in a six figure consulting job. You know, had a wife and a and a kid and another one on the way, but something really felt like it was missing. I was searching. That's why I was listening to that podcast in the first place. And this really just lit a fire under me, and it was the rocket fuel I needed to start doing a lot of self reflection, reading a lot more books, listening to podcasts, getting more into entrepreneurship, and then starting my own podcast and eventually going out to run my own business. But it all started with Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning. I've read his books, given away his books. I'm still a, a huge fan. Had him on my podcast a couple of times and uh, gotten into many other things since then. But his book was my gateway drug for sure. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I, I, back in the day, I've been in sales since 1998. So yeah. uh, back in the day, I used to listen to uh, Tony and Tom Hopkins because it was just the managers or the owners that I worked for would turn me on to things. But I didn't really like get into it. But I think the first real one was Grant. And that was, believe it or not, was only probably, uh, man, 2019. Yeah, 2018. I've always been into different things, but that's really where it got me. And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing with my life? Like, 
I was drifting. Not no. Yeah. Here's the thing for me. I was building. I was building a company. Yeah. I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was doing it all from sheer thrust. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and was wondering why I was having breakpoints, wondering why I was having problems with certain people, and then I just got onto it. And then what I realized too, I don't know about you, but when I did it, it was like, shoot, I'm in my 40s now, early 40s. Yeah, my window is shrinking. I have to yeah. act with urgency now. Yeah, patience isn't an option. <laughs> so then I just started being obsessed and just immersing myself in that content, and everything else has just opened up from there, man. And yeah, I when I when I left my job, my W two to become an independent consultant. The first book that really lit a fire under me in that space was the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Yeah, uh, that one really resonated with me, and I started setting big goals for all the things that I want to achieve. And you know, to your point about drifting, and one of the reasons why I wrote my book is because I, I've traveled all over the world, work with executives everywhere, and there are a lot of people who look like they're successful on paper. You can move up the ladder and still be really drifting because you're not really thinking about what you really want out of life and who yeah. you are and what really makes you happy and you know, what does success really mean to you? Because it's personal for so many people. And a lot of people just think it's, you know, I've got to have the title or if I make more money, I drive a nice car, I'm successful, which is great. But like, are you really happy? And, and at the end of the day, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He talks a lot about this. Like it all comes back to, are you happy or not? And if yeah. you're not, maybe you're happier working less hours and spending time with your family, or maybe you do want to be CEO of the big company one day. There's nothing wrong with either one. But I just want people to be honest with like who they are, what they really want, and how they're spending their time. And that's you know a lot of what the book is about. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love that you know because here's the thing: like you get into these positions, and as long as you're making waves going up, as long as you go up, you're thinking you're doing something. But some people don't realize they're stuck. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say stuck; they're not stuck, but they're as long as they keep thinking the way they do. Yeah. They're in a situation where they feel stuck a lot of times, and they don't think there's other options out there because they feel like they have to start over again. So one thing that helped me a lot was understanding my mind and how my mind works and really studying things and just reading different topics, different psychology, even uh, L. Ron Hubbard books. Um, hmm. This one here, uh, I don't know if you've heard of U Squared. No. Uh, Price Pritchett. I mean, talking about quantum leaps, okay. like different things. I just start reading these different things. And then believe it or not, they're all similar in some way, shape or form. And understanding your mind and why it acts the way it acts helped me get more intentional, but also more importantly than anything. The big thing. I was cocooned for the longest time from employees that would be producers. I would keep them around for production, Mm. but they were not culture fits. They were not part of the team. They were out for themselves and they didn't care about anything else. We just didn't align, right? And I would keep them around and I would come home miserable. And, you know, I was trying to figure out what the heck is the problem here. Now I realize core purpose, core mission, everything's got to align with that binary decision. And you have people around you that fit that core mission. If they don't, it's nothing personal. And that's what's helped me big time. So once I did that, I was able to come out of that cocoon and really extrovert and really go hard and then start thinking really big. Mm. I don't know if you've experienced that at all, but I felt like I introverted and I was like cocooned or callous for a period of time because I was dealing with these, I don't want to say bad, like a bad word about them, like, but, but they just were like me people, you know? Yeah. And you're not really connected to your why, to your purpose. You don't know where you're going or or why, and you're not that driven to get there. And you kind of just kind of stay cocooned up, hold up. Like, I'll just keep these things going, or I don't want to rock the boat or ruffle the feathers or get out of my comfort zone right. until you get that big goal and you get that you know fire under your butt, that rocket fuel. And you're like, no, I need to start doing some different things. And that means getting out of my comfort zone. It means having those hard conversations. It means trying stuff that I haven't done before, being willing to take risks, being willing to fail at something because I'm going to learn and I'm, I'm going to grow and I'll never achieve the success of the people that I admire 
unless I'm willing to take those chances and, and try that yeah. stuff and invest time, money, all that stuff. I know you've done that and I've been doing a ton of that and just encouraging others to like, hey, just go follow your dream, whatever it is. It, you know, nothing, it doesn't have to be crazy, right? It doesn't mean like quit your job and and go like buy a fishing boat in Mexico or something. And if that's your dream, cool. But like maybe you want to go for that promotion or maybe you want to try working in a different function that, you know, maybe you're in finance and you're bored with it and you want to go move to HR or get into sales or something. Like start having conversations and think about what you want to do. Or maybe you want to start your own business, right? Like we have. And then you start investigating that, interviewing people, listening to podcasts, reading books, and taking, you know, starting that side hustle, pick up a few clients here and there and just, you know, trying things because you won't know where it's going to go until you try. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is that we're always told to keep it down and be quiet and humble and now, look, there's humble, there's different definitions, I think, or connotations of humble. At the end of the day, the more noise you make, the more attention you get, the more people know who you are. And if you're doing things ethically and morally, uh, morally subjective, but ethically, if you're doing things that way and you're, then you're loud and, and making sure people know who you are and what you want to do and you're valuable, then that's the right way to go as far as I'm concerned. Because being humble and quiet doesn't get you anywhere. No, I mean, it's great to be humble, but people can be humble too humble, right? Because yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to speak up too much. People are not going to know who you are. And that's why I wrote a chapter in my book about the importance of building your personal brand. Because a lot of people are operating in the corporate world, especially thinking, well, if I just do quality work, I'll get promoted and I'll move up. It's not true. It's a myth, right? You have a reputation, whether you're intentional about it or not. And that has a big impact on whether you get promoted or you get that next project or whatever it is. Because at some point, people are going to have a conversation about do they want to promote you? Or if they're potential clients, do they want to hire you? And it's not just going to be about the quality of, the, of your work. It's going to be about your reputation, the type of person you are, how you show up, um, the accomplishments you've had. And they may not know about those if you're, willing, if you're not willing to speak up and at least mention it and have that conversation. Obviously, you don't want to be arrogant and go around shouting all the time about how great you are because people get really annoyed with that right, too. Right. Yep, yep. But there's a, there's, a, there's a line in the middle, right? It's, it's like you and I go on Clubhouse a lot. You know, you can learn a lot by just sitting in the audience, but no one's ever going to know who you are if you don't raise your hand and get up on stage. And at the same time, you don't want to always be going up there and just talking about how great you are because then you'll never be invited back. You mean so like you want JT to find Fox a way does? To, <laughs> <laughs> I said like JT Fox does. Yeah. You want to find a way to get out there and you know share value with people and let people kind of know who you are and what you do. And that way they'll remember you and you, ha- you build that reputation that's going to help you get that next promotion, get that client, whatever it may be. So that's why I'm a big proponent of, of doing that in different ways. You know, it's worked for me in the past. And this is what I would love for my employees to do too. We have uh, goal meetings with our employees for their personal goals and making sure they align with our company goals. And But I do this and I would love for my employees to do this. And I tell them is set the intention. What is your intention? Like, mm. What is your intention working here? You know, Do you want to stay where you are? Do you, you want to grow? Do you want to go to different positions? Like, What do you want to do yeah. so that I can facilitate a plan with you? Yes. Um, so what I do is I'll set intentions. And nowadays, it's not just in the business, but on the out thing, outside where one of my superpowers is connecting people. And I think I said this on the clubhouse yesterday, yeah. but yeah. one of the things in the first thing in the you know, part of a meeting when I'm connecting people is I've already talked to both of them. And then when I connect them in the meeting, I say, listen, here's my intention for this. And here's what I was thinking. 
And in doing that, and if you're an employee of a company, I know, and I haven't read your book yet because I just got it, but I know yeah. some of it is about dealing like people that are in corporations and businesses, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, talking to employees and not drift and act with intention. Well, what I try to do is create the future for people. So setting an intention is kind of like creating the future yeah, and painting the picture. That's right. And when you do that for people, and it doesn't have to be from the top down, it can be from an employee talking to management or ownership or whatever, executives, yeah. you're painting the picture and it creates an attraction and you're, 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 you become a leader. Even yeah. though you may be an employee and not in a management position, you become the leader. Yeah. So this thing is, it, it's worked like magic for me and, and it's, it's all for good. Obviously it's not manipulation, but it's, it's yeah. something that you set that intention. So can you talk more about intention and, and how that has really come into your life as an important yeah. thing? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, for me and for employees, for everybody, I think it's so important that if you are just, so the reason why I wrote the book is there's so many people drifting along, just kind of waiting for their boss to tell them what to do, their parents, whatever not really setting intention for where they want to go, what they want to do, what goals they want to achieve. And I want people to get more clarity on that. You know, Write those goals down, make a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, a goal without a plan is just a wish. right? So you got to make a plan for what you want to get to. You want to be clear and also tell other people to your point You know, for accountability, for help. Uh, no one can help you if you don't tell people where you want to go, if you don't write it down, if you don't declare it. Uh, and a lot of employees, what I've found, because I work with a lot of big companies, a lot of employees are really frustrated. They don't feel like their manager is really helping them achieve their goals or grow in their career or get where they want to go. And part of that is on the managers, right? Not as many managers are as, as good as you to actually go and have those conversations with their employees. But there's a lot of responsibility people need to take as well in setting that intention and going to their manager and saying, hey, my goal is one day to do X. Can you help me get there? And that makes it so much easier for a manager or a mentor when someone tells you, what they're trying to do, what their goal is. Like Mike, you and I are both, we love connecting people. We love coaching and helping people, right? When people tell us what their goals are, we can get behind it. Then we can say, oh, I know someone that can help you. You can make an introduction, right? But when yep. you don't know what people's goals are, you can't help them. There's nothing you can do, right? It's, I mean, you can be a friend and support them, but they're not willing to share. So it's so important that you set that intention. You know where you want to go. You have some clarity and things might change, right? Life is always changing. We learned in 2020 that we can't predict the future, yep, right? Crazy yep. things are going to happen. You're going to lose your job or a new opportunity is going to come along or a global pandemic is going to shut things down or whatever. But the more clarity you have on where you're going, the more you set your intention, the easier it becomes to make the decisions along the way, to set goals, to make a plan and to get help from other people. And then the important thing is that you write it down. I know you know yeah. this as well. Yep, yep. Uh, and Grant Cardone talks about writing his goals down every single day, right? You write mm -hmm. it down and then you tell somebody. Right, either you have a friend or an accountability partner, or even better, you hire a coach, someone that can help support you and really push you to go achieve those goals. Or you join a mastermind group or something like that. But the more you talk about it and tell people uh, and ask for help, people are going to come out. If you have a good network, you have good friends, they're going to come out and want to support you. And the better your chances are of achieving those goals, uh, it all comes back to setting that intention and getting clear on where you want to go. Yeah, um, I just read a book called Your Invisible Power mm. by. Uh, Genevieve Barron, and it's this thick, it's a real skinny book. And it yeah. talked about when you have goals and visions and things you want to accomplish to not share it with people because, and I thought this was interesting because I, I like to talk and tell people because I like yeah. to say, hey, yeah. man, get ready for this show. Watch what's about to happen. Right. <laughs> I like to do that. And I'm strong enough to understand that if people discount it, discourage me, I put it in my fuel tank, right? Yeah. I don't think everybody's got that yet. And mm -hmm. so her thing was you lose power when you share the information with people. 
because hmm. they, when you talk about problems in general, not just their goals and visions and things you want to accomplish, but when you talk yeah. about anything like negative things, yeah, it discharges them when you share it with people. Yeah, right? it doesn't have as much power. The bad things, right? Mm-hmm. So she said it's the same thing with good things in this book because hmm. it takes some charge off of it. I don't know what's right. So I'm thinking about doing an A-B test with my visions and goals just to see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, but I do think you you do yeah. have to think about the people that you're sharing it with, right? Yeah. You want to share it with those supportive people, the people that the friends that you know are going to be like, yeah, I want to support you and I want to join yeah. you in running that marathon or whatever it is, yep. right? Not yep. those... Debbie Downer friends who are like, nah, you'll never achieve that. Like, I might be, I might be a freak. Maybe I am, but I like the ones that tell me that, like, that that don't get excited and they'll say, I, I I think I like them better, man. I, yeah, but that's just the way I'm built, I guess. But um, you know, one thing you were talking about there too, Richie Dolan's one of my coaches, and uh, he's a performance coach as well, brand coach, works with LeBron and the the Lakers and the Heat, and he's got NBA championship rings, like, just an awesome Mm. dude, right? And he's been around some of the best. And he said that when he's talking to someone and he does it with his son, when he's coaching his son too, and is what are we doing? Where are we going? And how much time do we have? Hmm. Like, those are the questions he asks. And you mentioned something about like, where are we going? What is your goals? Right. Right. And then it's also important to know how much time you have, right? Because yeah. we need to set a time on it. So got to be realistic, right? Whatever it is you're trying to achieve in the time that you have. Yeah. You know, that's one thing too. I like making things unrealistic as well. <laughs> um, I like setting big goals too. But yeah, you know. well, but here's the thing, Andy, we, we don't really know what we're capable of. It's true. So what, when you talk about realistic, yeah. how do we know what's realistic? Huh. You're basing it off of past. And to me, yeah. that's a problem because it limits us. So I, again, yeah. I know both schools of thought. I've thought about it myself. Right. Yeah. And as long as you can understand that you don't get discouraged if you don't yep. hit the timeline or you don't hit the goal, but you made us like I look at point A yeah. and assess where I am at point A. And I'm going to point B. Yeah. Right. And if I don't know where point A is, and I say I'm going to go to point B, and I'll, I don't get to point B, I could get discouraged because I don't know what that assessment of point A really was. Yeah. I'm with so, you. I'm, I'm big on, I love setting those big goals too. I, you know, the yeah. whole idea of like, you know, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll land among the stars. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit in the last five years, I don't think I've hit a single revenue goal, income goal that I set for myself. And because yeah. I always set really big goals, I've still yeah. been doing pretty well but I haven't hit the giant goals that I've set. Right. And then look at from where you were, that point A, that's what we should be gauging, right? Not if we hit that big giant- Exactly. How much have I grown? How much have I improved, right? And that gets to the whole idea of comparison, right? Who should be comparing yourself to to yourself yesterday, right? Or last Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, you have micro targets, right? You micro targets, Mm -hmm. you got to daily, weekly and all that. But so these are some things that I've go through and I'm sitting by myself here in my studio, my bachelor pad here, uh, my man cave. Even though it's not, I'm not a bachelor. I have my own bachelor pad my wife built for me in case <laughs> yeah. she gets mad at me with a couch and everything. But right. I go through these things in my head, like, which is it? Which is better? And, you know, so I go through these debates myself on the, yeah. on the topic of help. And, yeah. and we'll finish with this before I ask you the final question here. You talked about as you grew up, you didn't, you know, you weren't willing to accept help or you didn't know you needed help or what have you. This is a big thing that when you are teaching people or coaching people, yeah. The first thing that we have to hit is like a switch that we have to figure out is if we can get them to understand that help is a good thing, help yeah. does not make you weak, help right. does not make you less valuable, and, and really get them to understand that if, you know, nothing else matters until that. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. And when it goes to, when so many people, myself included, are often afraid to ask for help, and what's the reason? We're afraid it's going to make us look weak or 
you know, if I have to ask for directions, someone's going to go, oh, that guy doesn't know where to go. Like, what is the big deal? I understand, but it all comes back to ego, right? And our ego gets in our way so much, whether it's a you know, fear of like rejection or asking for help, uh, how we're going to look, you know, stops us from going for that promotion or, you know, putting content on social media, right? Because we're afraid of what people are going to say. It all comes back to our ego. And when we're able to get past that, we're able to ask for help. A whole world opens up. You know, obviously, again, with everything we talk about, there's a balance. You never want to be needy, right? You don't want to be yeah, asking the yeah, same yeah. person for the same help all the time, right? Like I might ask you for an introduction to somebody and you give it to me. Maybe I go, I ask you one more time, but if I come back a third or fourth time, you're like, all right, this guy is a little bit greedy. He's asking for too much, right? But if I'm not willing to ask for anything in the first place, yeah. I'm never going to get the help I need. I'm never going to get the yep. assistance I need to help me get to that. So I, I'm a big fan of putting it out there and asking people for help. It's something I've worked on, right? I, you, as you know, I just went through this whole journey. I had cancer for the last you know, six months. And I used that as an opportunity to really practice my ability to asking for help. So if people said, hey, what can I do to help you? I would try to come up with something they could actually do because I know they really wanted the help. And- hold up, hold up. I didn't know the cancer thing. I thought you just oh, okay. cut, cut your hair to try to be like me. I thought that's what it was all about. So, yeah. so, so on, that, on that topic, like, yeah. t- can you, I, I hate to extend this longer. I hope you're okay on time. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, okay. So let's go through this for a second. For people that have dealt with cancer or yeah. have family members with cancer, yeah. you're a coach, you're a performance coach, business yeah. coach, all that, but you know, yeah. mindset's important, right? So when yeah. this happens- and reality hits you like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. This is like one of the things that I talk about. People are going to go through some tough times. Yep. This, what have you? Yeah. Can you take us through the the thought process you had? Oh, absolutely, Hugh. So yeah, just to take back, like uh, November, same time I published my book, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Uh, Forty years old, married to two kids, working out five to seven days a week. Like you know, probably one of the healthiest people most of my friends know. Um, but it can hit anybody, right? And so I knew I was in for a tough road. But I've been working on developing my mindset for a long time. And instead of going to the fear of like, oh, am I going to die? Or is this the end? Or like, this is the worst thing ever. I chose to intentionally see this as a speed bump. As in, I knew it was going to be annoying. I was going to set me back in my business and things like that. But as a challenge, right? This is a challenge that I get to face. And I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know why I'm getting to face this challenge. But I know it's a challenge. I know I'm going to tackle it head on. And I'm going to get through it, right? And then my book, I talked a lot about turning challenges into opportunities and the three questions you can ask anytime you face a big challenge. The first one is, what's great about this? The second one is, what can I learn from this? And the third one is, what does this make possible? And sometimes the challenge is so great, it's hard to see what is great about this, especially when you're in the moment and you feel absolutely terrible. I went through chemo. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was absolutely miserable, but I got through it. Would that you talking about uh, the feeling of it? Like what it made? Oh, you feel just like? the feeling. Yeah, yeah, just being. It's just such a disgusting, terrible feeling. Body is tired, can't do anything. It's awful. And throughout that, I focused on two things that really helped me get through it. One was the nature of impermanence. So the idea that this is not going to last forever, and even though it's awful right now, I have to remember it's not going to last forever. And and looking back, it's funny, right? Because I was in those moments that are absolutely terrible, and today. I feel great. So I know I got through it. It didn't last forever. Uh, And number two is gratitude. No matter how bad I felt every day, I wrote down my gratitude every single day for all the great things I had in my life, including my wife, my kids, my mom who came over to visit and take care of me, all the friends who reached out to me on a daily basis. I was posting and sharing my journey along the way on LinkedIn and Instagram, and I had so many people supporting me and reaching out. Uh, And I had so much to be grateful for. No matter what we have going on in life, we always have things we can be grateful for. So I came back to that and really just, you know, started to try to answer those questions. And, you know, what was great about it, what it really made possible for me 
was it allowed me to share what I was going through and help and inspire other people who are going through challenges. And now I have this ammo, this rocket fuel, if you will, to allow me to help and inspire so many. And, and people have already reached out to me saying, oh, I've got family members going through cancer. I shared some of the stuff that you've been posting about what you've done. It's been really helpful. And I intend to continue to do that. It's probably the next book I'm going to write because I know I now have an opportunity to help and inspire people, especially because I took such an ownership mentality to the whole thing yeah. where I took responsibility for it, said, why is this happening? How can I make the most of this? I'm not just going to listen to doctors. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to research. I read a ton of books about cancer and, and nutrition and did everything I could to beat it, not just with the doctor's stuff, the chemo, but naturally as well. And now I have so much knowledge and so much experience that I can share with other people. So when we go through these challenging situations, we all do, right? We all will. It gives us power and that rocket fuel, if you will, to be able to go out and help others. And so that's what it made possible for me. And you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. It's not something I would have asked for, but you know, I'm grateful that I made it through that and I have this experience now. So that kind of answers the rocket fuel question, I guess. Like, what does rocket fuel mean to you? Yeah, for me, it is, it's what powers me and ignites me and excites me to be able to go out and help people and make the world a better place. Something I've learned through all the self-reflection that I've done in personal development is I need growth and I need contribution. Tony Robbins talks about those as well as the, the six human needs, number five and six are growth and contribution. And then one of the reasons why I was drifting and not that happy for many years, especially in my 20s, is I wasn't really growing, right? I, I wasn't mm -hmm. learning and, and developing all the time. So now I'm focused on I'm always growing. I'm always investing in myself. I'm always doing things to help other people, to add value to other people, to the world. And that fuels me on my mission to, to make the world a better place. And uh, so that's my rocket fuel, Mike. And I appreciate you having me on to share that so I can contribute towards that mission and goal. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on my show. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, you can ask me three, four times. I'm not going to think that you're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. All right, brother. Thank you. And thank you guys for being here and listening and watching the What Are You Made Up podcast. Please make sure you go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Or if you'd like to watch these, go to YouTube, Mike C. Rock Scirocco. I have a great channel there. We're going to be doing some more things there as well. Be looking out for Blueprinted, the new product, the tech product that we're putting together that's going to disrupt the coaching, consulting, training industry. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.